0: we want to give some power back to the creators, right? And and in this case, the power asymmetric is so large, right? These are individual artists. They are not rich. They're not resourceful. And they are going up against these huge companies, huge government funding agencies that their goal is to advance AI models. Uh, So we just want to give back to the human creators some tools to fight back. Glaze is not perfect, but it's a solution for them to
1: fight back. Welcome to AI Experience, the podcast that demystifies artificial intelligence. My name is Julian Roethlisberger, and we are going to find out how AI is changing the world. And I'm super happy to welcome Sean Chan. He is a PhD candidate in computer science at the University of Chicago, and his research focuses on developing technical solutions to protect people from malicious uses of AI is a recipient of the Forbes 30 under 30 award and part of the team that develops two major innovations that we'll extensively cover during that episode. The first one is Glaze and the other one is Nightshade. Thank you for joining me today. How are you, Sean?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Thank you for joining me. So just before we get started, could you please tell me more about yourself and, and and why are you so passionate about artificial intelligence?
0: Absolutely. So I, as you said, I am studying for my PhD at the University of Chicago. And a lot of my work has focusing on looking at AI technology and how that impact people, and then how can we build tools, build solutions to protect people, protect creators specifically against these type of AI system. And I am very passionate about AI just because AI is going to have a huge impact on our future, our future, not only the future generation, but us, how we do things, how we create art, how we listen to music. It will impact every single aspect of our lives. And some aspects will be great and some less so. So I just want to make sure that AI will bring the best interest to all of us.
1: So what does that mean to study AI? Do you focus on a specific field or it just like AI as a whole?
0: So I look at more of the security aspects of AI. So I mostly look at image models, right, these uh, text-to-image generation models. I look at their vulnerabilities and then I look at how can we exploit these vulnerabilities To in some cases stop AI from harming human harming
1: people. Okay, so what I hear is like AI could be dangerous, it could do malicious things to people. What do you mean by that? Could you give me some examples?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, specifically, we look at the case for artists, right? So these are the people who, you know, go to art school, study art, and they make a living by selling their art online, whether through uh, movie studios, whether through commissions. And they have been doing that this for the longest time until last year. What happens is these AI models is basically able to do the exact same job, maybe a little bit less quality, but it is very cheap, and anybody can do this. And the problem for all of this is, the AI model. or well, the only reason that the AI model is able to do this is because they are trained on lots of data from these human artists, right? The images they have posted on their Instagram, on their Facebook, and because of that, they learn to mimic specific art style. And through this process, you can imagine, I'm an artist. I work very hard for my art style. That's how I make money, and suddenly. Somebody else or anybody else can use AM model to generate images in my style and take all my income, and I did not give any consent to this, right? I did not give consent to the download and the training of my copyrighted images at all. So that's some of the harm that bring on people, and this is just one example. Right? There are also tons of cases people use deepfake for scam, uh, voice cloning for scam, and for harmful image generation. It just make all of these uh, less uh you know promising things people do a lot easier a lot faster because of what happens with ai today
1: so i guess you're talking about tools like Midjourney or stable diffusion uh, could you just elaborate a little bit like how do these tools actually work and uh, and why do they need data and why do they require existing images to actually properly
0: work yes so these uh tools are basic services where you can go to mid-journey and can say generate me an image of a, a, a landscape by Van Gogh of the moon, for example. And they will generate that, Van Gogh never done that, but it looks very same at, very similar as how, how he would have painted. Uh, so this is uh, how they work. And the reason that they need such a large number of training data, because that is the only source of information these AI models getting, right? You can imagine AI model as a little young kid just born, right, it's very smart, they have the capability to learn things. But, of course, you have to show them things, right? show them tons of paintings, show tons of literatures that you know human has output, and ask AI to learn from this. And without this, uh, AI will basically just not be possible. And, and there are cases where uh, people try to limit the training data of these AI models to more, I guess, consented sources right? They' only train on certain images. But it shows that the performance of these AI models is significantly worse than the ones that are trained on high-quality artwork. That are you know professional artwork that are out there, but that's kind of why and how they're dependent on these new training data.
1: Okay, so without this data, without this existing illustration and 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 examples, an AI tool wouldn't be able to create any images. Like they need data, right? Yeah, absolutely. You will not be able to do this at all. At
0: least in the very near or uh, the short term future, AI. Ha- I cannot go beyond training data at this point.
1: Okay, okay. And so you're part of the team at the University of Chicago that develops a tool called Glaze. Could you just explain in simple terms what Glaze is and how does it work, both for like a 10-year-old and an AI expert? Yeah, absolutely. So Glaze uh, is this and We
0: just talk about uh, the AI mimicry case on artists, right? So the threat that Glaze try to protect against is, say, I'm an artist, I post regularly on Instagram because that's how I make money. And I want to prevent people from taking my images on my Instagram and train a model to mimic my style of art in order to replace me and take my combination. Right? And I do this, the glaze works uh, in the following way, right? So glaze is before your artist, before I post this art on Instagram, I will run through glaze and glaze will just add some small changes on this piece of art. Normally it's very minimal, so it doesn't really impact how I sell this art online. But when the AI model were to download this art uh, and try on this, try to learn my style from this specific piece of art, it will fail. It will not be able to do so because of these small changes that are added on this image. And it may be very surprising, uh, but this is a known vulnerability of these AI models. They're very easily disrupted. By some small changes or by some well-crafted small changes on the inputs, right? So uh, the reason really is that uh, machine, even though they're smart, they see images very differently from how us humans see images, right? They see this as a big uh, vector of uh, numbers, big uh, vectors of just pixel values. And because of that, the way the reason where they learn things are very different from how we humans do it, and because of that, uh, we can leverage this gap to add some small changes that are very minimal to humans, but are just very major, very impactful to how the machines see a given image.
1: You were not the only one working on Glaze; like that's a whole team behind it. Um, how long? Like how many people are working on Glaze? And how long did that take you to build that tool?
0: Yeah, so it was a huge team effort. I think we have uh, two professors, my advisors, and two of my lab mates. So that is uh, five people on the entire team when the Glade just started. It took us, I think we started uh, November last year to really start putting it in. We released a tool around March uh, this year, so it took around five months, but I think after March, we just had so much kind of maintenance and improvement on Glade, So there are a lot of new people jumping in to help, as well as just you know a lot of artists are contributing their parts as well. There you know people filming videos. They're, the 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 entire UI is designed by one of the artists who is uh, just a pro in the space. So, yeah, so it's a big community effort behind Glaze.
1: And and where, like, what's the idea come from? Like, what's the main inspiration behind developing Glaze?
0: Yeah, so uh, the backstory was kind of interesting. So we are not artists at all. We, we don't know about art. And uh, we're researchers. And what happened was there was, we got an email randomly. There was artists emailing us asking for help. This is, I think, June last year. Uh, we have some prior work in the space, looking at you know how to protect privacy against these face recognition systems. Not very related, uh, but just one day I think has been a while after that project, we got an email asking whether similar technology can be used to protect art. Right at the moment, we are we don't even know what it's talking about. Like this is a very different space. Especially last year, the AML haven't really picked up as much as as today. Uh, so we start to learn uh, more and the artist has invited us to all sorts of events artists have. There's online town hall and I think we are just horrified by some of the stories we're hearing, just how much the impact is on human creators of these AI models. So from there, we're like, okay, we have to work on something. There seem to be some technical solution exist. So I start working with a lot of artists and that's kind of how everything gets started.
1: So you said you heard like horror stories. Could you share maybe just one or two of them? Like what what's the impact on the artists. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I think uh, these gets worse over time, but this is no, November last year. Uh, I think it was October last year, actually. There was an online town hall hosted by the Concept Art Association here. Um, so one of the things where a lot of artists are sharing that their artwork, so when they search their name on Google today or back then, most of the thing that popped up is no longer their art. It's the AI-generated version mimicking their art style. Right, there's still this is still true. Very recently, there's not artists posting. Is I mean, imagine your artist, you work so hard to create so many art and curate your Google search, do all sorts of things to make sure your images, your website pop up first, and now it's just completely flooded by AI, AI images and AI models that can mimic your style, right? So that's not uh very promising. And the reason is very simple, right? It's because it takes like three months for artists to put a single piece of good art, and it takes the model a couple of seconds, right? So the model can just spam the internet with thousands of images, and there will be a portion that get picked up by Google very, uh, very fast. So uh, those are some stories we're hearing. And of course, these are these artists does not know about it until way after the fact that their friends say, okay, is this is your art, and it's totally not even look so it looks very much the same as how they would normally
1: draw. Wow. Okay. and and and. How did you feel at the time? Like, was it immediate in your head that you say, well, we got to do something, we got to fix that problem?
0: I think at the moment, well, okay, this is very bad. I mean, I identify myself as part of the AI research community, and this is very much kind of the the research that our community put up that has just a huge negative impact on, on people's life in real time, right? It's not even hypothetical harm of the AM model, but this has already happened. And sort of, okay, as, as part of the community, I really need to do something and there should be solutions there to look at this. So that's kind of how uh, we got started in the space.
1: Okay. And how the reception of the Glaze influenced your uh, research and future project? Because it received some uh, extensive press highlights, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. I think a, the feedback on Glaze is just, just overwhelming. It's, it's awesome. So uh, normally, research project we do does not receive uh, nearly as much as uh, the recognition or the impact that Glaze does. So ever since... Uh, but on the other hand, this also shows just how much people are impacted by this, right? How much people are actually using the out I think, around one6 million downloads on, on the app itself uh and just show us i mean this just so much impact we also through glaze we talk to tons of other creators right not artists like voice actors there are movie animators There are photographers every single person is concerned about ai taking their data and replace them right so this is not just a small problem right so i think we have shifted our entire research into protecting people against AI, prevent the harm that AI can bring. So, we have lots of ongoing projects right now uh, exploring this angle from different aspects uh, to look at this problem.
1: And so, when you went working on Glaze, so you talked to administrators at art schools, you talked to teachers, probably students as well. What do they tell you about the future of art? in in, in a world where AI can do everything and anything in just a couple of seconds.
0: It's fairly depressing in the sense that there are two folds, right? The one fold is, of course, uh, nobody going to study art and and there's no point, right? So we have, you know, we give talks to some places and there are parents come to us afterwards saying that, okay, should I still pay my son's, you know, art school tuition, right? These are the real questions people are asking. And and it, it happened more than once, <laughs> and we're just like, oh my god, okay, we don't know the answer, but it's, it's, I mean, to them, it's a real problem. I right? think you are parents. You look at these AI models, just how fast they evolve in one year, and, and you're just like, oh, yeah, it's scary. For okay,
1: them. yeah, I can imagine that. And so it's 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 kind of funny because when I read information about AI, you know, it's often about you know entrepreneurship, VC, big money, but in your case, there is no business model, no subscription. No startup behind it. You made Glaze free for everyone. Why is that?
0: Yeah, so I think so. Glaze is free to anyone. We're gonna stay into in being free for however long we can. Uh the reason really is that we want to give some power back to the creators, right? And and in this case, the power of some is so large, right? These are individual artists. They are not rich. They are not resourceful. And they are going up against these huge companies, huge government funding uh, agencies that their goes to, you know, advance AI models. Uh, so we just want to give back to the human creators some tools to fight back. Glaze It's not perfect, but it's a solution for them to fight back. And of course, we're not going to charge on it just because you know, give to more, give access to more people, especially students, younger artists who may not have the resources to, you know, pay for a service
1: like this. How how do you update? Uh, Glaze? Because I guess on the other end, the AI model are always adapting, improving. So I guess maybe the, the one day they're going to find a way to actually bypass what Glaze is doing. So how do you how do you work with that? Yeah, so absolutely. So this is an intrinsic limitation for
0: a tool like Glaze, right? These models are evolving so fast, so there is no way we're going to be able to protect against all future models. That's that's hard. Uh, but on the on the other hand, we can also adapt at the same time. We can change our core algorithm, we take advanced models and do stronger attacks. We had just bought, we have just bought so much more updates to glaze since it released in March, right improving both you know ha- having less changes to the art but also make it stronger, make it work better against all sorts of models. so I think it's gonna be a back and forth. Uh, kind of like arm race uh, for the artist, which is not great, but it's better than not having that option at
1: all. Besides Glaze, you also contributed to a new project, which is called like Nightshade. So that's a data poisoning tool. Could you explain its function and what's the difference with Glaze?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it may seem very similar. It is an extension of Glaze, right? So we look at Glaze. Glaze is great, but it's not uh, too much a problem for AI company, right? So if you take the... Perspective of an AI company, you know, the only thing that happened with Glaze is that okay, there are some portion of data I cannot train on, I cannot learn on, which is not too big a problem, right? There are just so many art out there that's not protected. There's so many existing art I already take, so it won't really impact the model, even if tons of people are using Glaze, right? So we look at okay, how can we extend this uh, to be more proactive, to be stronger? So we build that shape where uh, using similar techniques, but we call these poison data. So if you construct some poison data, you post these poison images on the internet, and if an AI company accidentally downloads some of these poison images and trained on them without consent, and what happens is that the base model itself will be damaged because of these poison data. The base model means the normal functionality of the model itself will have some problem because of the addition of these poison data. And so uh, our goal is that, okay, this will really put a stop to a company who has just been taking data without any care, without any consent from the entire internet. Right now, there is a good chance that some a portion of that data could be poisoned, could be crafted specifically to disrupt your model. So you need, really need to be careful. You really need to ask for consent uh, for the user to actually pay for the data that you are getting.
1: So if I'm an artist, <clears throat> I have my website, I have my work, I have my portfolio online. Is it a way to know if my work has been stolen or seen by an artificial intelligence?
0: Uh, I think at this at this point the, the answer will always be yes <laughs> if it's on the, on, the, on the internet. but if you want to have some definitive proof, uh, you can go to some of these models right So you say you have your artist's name or your Twitter name, you can just say, okay, generate me an image by you know my name. And for most of the time, it's not going to be perfect, but for most of the time, depends on how many images you have, uh, you will have a pretty good representation of your style. So that pretty much shows that, okay, it has must, you must have see a couple of images from me to be able to learn a given style. And for some of the more high profile artists who you know, have tons of art online, uh, the AI model will be able to reproduce their signature when they ask for a piece of art from a given artist or a watermark or all that sort of thing. So uh, I think we don't, we have tons of proof on this. It's just hard to argue. Okay, I don't want to go into too much in the legal side, but you know, talking about whether this is copyright, whether this is a violation of copyright.
1: Okay, so Glaze is free. It works in on the uh, on the Glaze project website. What about Nightshade? Like, is it live? Is it usable?
0: That's <laughs> we're, we're building that right now. I think we. Uh, we submitted a research paper on this showing that this works against these AI companies, but we are spending our time to packaging up the tools to release to artists. So Nightshade requires a little bit more work compared to Glaze. as uh, So Nightshade requires some communication between different users, between different data holders to work together to really poison uh, these models. So we are kind of building that infrastructure right now. Uh, we'll probably have some prototype early next year.
1: Okay, so next year, that means 2024. Yes, very early next year, okay. yeah. Yeah, okay, perfect. Uh so you mentioned that AI needs to uh search artist style to actually create some illustration and work. Do you think that one day an AI could ever develop a style of its own? And and, and what it might look like.
0: I that's a great question. Uh what we see today is that AI can't really do this. So what it can do is they can interpolate the training images, right? If say I I have seen Van Gogh images and I have seen Picasso image. Now I can do some style that is 30% Van Gogh, 70% Picasso, which is a new style, but you know not terribly new because it's based on existing styles. For the long, for, for a short-term future, at, I don't know, like one year or, or five years, I don't think AI is going to go beyond that. Uh, they can do some fancy interpolation of existing training data, existing styles, but I don't think they're able to develop their own unique style. Uh, I mean, you can say that these, you know, in the middle, pers- mixture of different style is a new style. Sometimes it looks really good. Uh, but I don't think anytime soon they will be able to come up with another Van Gogh, another Picasso that is just so different from uh, what they have uh, before. And
1: and so how can, I mean, I, I know you're not a lawyer, but do you know anything about how artists can protect their intellectual property rights at the age of uh, tool like Midjourney and Stable Diffusion and and any kind of tool with generative AI?
0: I think uh, it's an uphill battle. Uh, it's, it's a lot harder than before the AI has happened, but I think there are many tools we can leverage, and Glaze is one of them. I think Gla- artists should leverage as many tools as possible, right? So Glaze, Nightshade are technical solutions. There are follow-up work and similar uh, tools like this, but there are also the legal space, right? There are uh, you know, legislators, there are FTC, there's copyright office asking feedback from artists, and artists has been giving a lot of feedback. So showing the exact harm that has that on a given artist will help the FTC to make the case that okay, we need to regulate AI we need to give copyright uh, to human creators. So I think these are perhaps the ways to do. It. There are just many solutions we have artists have to try them all or most of them uh, at this point to make sure. That are copyright protected, but I think this is for now. I think currently there's zero, perhaps, le- legislation or regulation on how training data is being protected. But hopefully, within the next year or so, we'll have at least some regulation on the most basic practices on these training data collection.
1: Yeah, you as a person, would you push for more regulation for AI?
0: Absolutely. I mean, AI is great. I'm I'm totally saying AI can do wonderful things, but it's a spectrum, right? So any technology can. Both be good, can both cause harm, and I just want to make sure that we at least cover the extreme worst case harm that AI is bringing to people as we see today, and then we can slowly work from there. So I think regulation is definitely the way to go. But you know, then there are tons of challenges in the regulation space as well, right? How long it takes, different countries have different things, different incentives. So we're not sure exactly how it's going to end up, but I think regulation will be a very important piece. Of this puzzle.
1: And so do you think like in the future we should have a clear di- distinction or levels between AI-generated art and human-created art? Like, uh, I don't know, some kind of standards or an informational level somewhere? I think, uh, I think we should
0: have that for sure, uh, but it's going to be challenging to do. Like there are going to be people who are going to claim this is he hand-draw that piece of art when it's totally AI-generated and it's going to be hard to detect as, as very accurately, right? So there's going to be problem with it, but I think we have to do that, right? Because even just from the copyright perspective, you can only copyright a piece of art if it's just a human art. If there's any piece of AI in it, you cannot copyright it, right? So there must we must have some way to distinguish them for the copyright case for for any legal case around art to go forward. Uh, so I think this is important. And then there's also the huge space on the misinformation, right? There are if AI models can also be used to generate super photorealistic things happened during the war, during, you know, for certain propaganda. So I think if we don't make this distinction, there's going to be just so much misinformation and we're just going to have trouble believing anything that we see, videos, voice, or images.
1: So today, if you see an illustration or picture, do you think you know if it's AI generated? Or like, do you have like, can you share some tricks?
0: <laughs> That's a good question. So we are actually working on a project right now just to see whether this is possible. Uh, so the short answer is, uh, there's a good portion. It's very easy to tell. AI has certain, they, they apply this glossy change on top of a image. So it's fairly easy to tell for most of cases. But for a person who spends some time trying to fool both human and machine, for detection they can they can prompt the AI to generate images that very much looks exactly like human art, so we actually work with some artists, so artists probably are the best people to tell whether it's AI or it's a you know human art uh they have a lot of tricks uh it's awesome, so like we talked to some artists they will literally draw the light I think light is always a hard part because you know the shadows really have to line up, and some of the lights uh, if you put a line here, the next line should line up around the building so those things are able to kind of tell whether it's AI art or it's uh, kind of a human art. Uh, but beyond that, there are many simpler illustrations when there's less light, when the the structure is less clear. Uh, it's even hard for very professional artists to tell whether a piece of art is AI or not. Uh, so we're actually working on this space. So we're going to run a study. We're just asking people to distinguish art, uh, real or not, without telling them which which. which and to see how accurate different, you know, expertise and average people and machine do in distinguish AI today. And of course, AI is going to get better. So, so it's going to be harder and harder in the future.
1: And so looking forward, what are the biggest challenges and opportunities you see in the intersection of AI and art?
0: I think the biggest challenge right now is just trust in some sense, right? If you think about it, artists... Should be leveraging some AI and AI company also should be leveraging some artists right they they should get the data from artists who have the high resolution images, but there's just no trust between these two entities, mostly just because the AI company went ahead to train all these copyright images without consent and try to replace uh, you know creators so So I think there is a general just reluctance from artists and also from AI company as well to work with each other at all. And I think maybe that's not terribly healthy for the future of the space, uh, but hopefully we'll see a better structure when there are legal uh, regulation coming right? You have to pay a reasonable amount of money for any training data that you get, and then we'll see a little bit more discussion. We'll see some artists will be willing to you know, sell their artwork to a company, and there will be more engagement. I think that will foster a more healthy relationship than what we have today.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much, uh, Sean. Uh, I really appreciate your explaining us everything about AI and, and, and art. That's great. And so at the end of each episode, the guests uh, must answer a question posed by the previous guest. So after that, you'll have the opportunity to ask a question for the next one uh, without knowing who it will be. Are you ready?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Perfect. So here's your question, courtesy of John Stroud, AI coach and AI consultants. I don't have an AI question. But uh, my question is just more
0: generic, and it's who is your hero? All right. So who
1: is your hero, Sean? That's a great question. And you you, you, you cannot ask ChatGPT to answer that for you.
0: I'm just typing it up. <laughs> uh. I think I will go with my advisor, Ben. I think he is my hero uh, in many aspects and mostly just he. Why? I mean, there's many things that he he does, but the most important thing, I think he really cares. He really cares beyond the financial incentive beyond prestige, beyond reputation, just about the people the creator that will work with, and to really want to push forward a better future for them. Uh, I think. That is just my hero has been just learning tremendously from that perspective from him.
1: Wow, that's that's great. Thank you so much for that. So now, what question would you like to pose for the next guest? It could be AI-related or not. I, I'll let you choose. That's a good question. Okay, I'm going to do a fairly
0: AI-related. All right, so my question is, 10 years later, what do you think is the biggest challenge AI face?
1: Perfect. I keep that. Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks. And that wraps up another episode of AI Experience. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform. Your support accounts and your comments can really help share this experience with others. You can also visit the website ai-experience.io to find out more. See you soon for a new episode.